Welcome to Season 5 of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast with Adina, Brian, Chris, and Steve, the biggest sci-fi podcast in the galaxy. The adventure is just beginning here at the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, and we invite you to come aboard the Starship Tangent. We know you'll enjoy the conversation, the laughter, the banner back and forth, and most of all, friends who love hanging out to talk about all things science fiction. Set your phasers to fun. Here we go. Greetings and hello. Welcome to another episode of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, the show where we get together with our friends and have really good conversations about all things sci-fi. Today, I want to have a discussion about the very complex, iconic series, The Matrix. But first, I have to mention that we are part of the Trek Geeks Network, which is basically a place where you can listen to other fantastic Star Trek podcasts, something like Sci-Fi Sistus. Now, let's talk The Matrix. And just to be clear, we're talking about the first Matrix because there are now four of them. And the other ones are divisive, to say the least. That's so a to nice help word. Me, yeah, mm-hmm. to divisive. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's mm-hmm. nice. Uh, yeah. So joining me today to help me Unpack this movie are my usual fantastic co-hosts, Adina Mignona. Hi, everybody. Brian Donahue. That's my Matrix theme uh, music as they're fighting. I like it. Pretty good. I'm Brian from Ohio. Brian from Ohio. Brian from Ohio. I'm I'm from Toronto. I'm from Maryland. Maryland. Merlin. Merlin. Not no, not the magician. Not the magician. <laughs> and then we have Steve Merkin, who you Hi. heard earlier yes. make a comment about the other films too. That's okay. <laughs> uh, hello, this is Steve calling you from Wet California, which is very nice because we can use the water. That's good. That's good. Glad it's raining. Mm-hmm. So now let's get this going because off air, Steve showed us his notes, and so he has a lot of thoughts, and mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see how people uh, feel about the the matrix so starting with our first question for the evening was this the first time watching your watching the film anyone was it anyone's first time no nope. no. no watch this in the theater when it okay. came out me too yeah I, Excellent. I saw it for the first time when it came out on i it may have been vhs mm. nice i can't remember if it was dvd or vhs but that's when i saw it as soon as it came out to rent that's when I saw it. I saw it maybe only 10 years ago because I was like, uh, the matrix, like it looks cool, but there's some weird stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch that. Um, but now what, I have, really? yeah, like I, what? you know, I think it was because, and this is, we'll get into this, like some of the stuff with Neo at the beginning, mm-hmm. like I, I think I saw it at my buddy's house. I saw part of it and I was like, I don't know if I want to go back and watch that again. Because like the mirror stuff, and when he gets his uh, um, yep. face, not what's what's that called? He gets his mouth. Uh, He's told to up. shut yeah. up. He shuts yeah. him up. It's like well, how, how old were you when you saw when when you saw that bit? Uh, I was probably older than what would make sense if I, you know what? Okay. For, for <laughs> okay. canon reasons, I wouldn't say I was five years old. Definitely five. I definitely wasn't like ten, 10 okay. or eleven. You know, <laughs> but that that messed me up. Um, well, it's really, I mean, the whole birth scene for when, yeah. when Neo comes out of the little uh, embryonic pod. If you're a kid, it could be that's, disturbing. That's, yes, that would be very yep. disturbing, especially with all the hoses and everything. And he started, you know, he gets them yanked out of it. Yeah, that was, that's pretty disturbing. Yeah, even even <clears> now <throat> rewatching it, I'm like, that's still like, I still like the movie, but it's still like, uh, it's a little intense. Like, mm-hmm. I wish, you know, we'll get into this later. But I've got I've got thoughts about... Like minor gripes, but overall, what were your impressions of the film? I think we should let Steve goes first because he's got oh he's just no. he's just yeah. eager with the to me. Okay, the movie was <laughs> groundbreaking. Yep. Yeah, they established mm-hmm. specific new methods of filming that had never been used before, specifically the 360 degree setup of cameras, so you could get the rotating shot of the character frozen in the air as they're revolving them around. And that's now been used repeatedly in new TV shows or sport broadcast, things like that. So they established that the 
fro- you know, the frozen moment, the flying through the air. It it really was groundbreaking. And the quality of the film, the quality of the way it was made was exceptionally great. So yeah, it, it's it's in that sense, filmmaking 101 that you should study when it comes to how to make a movie. And so many <laughs> things instantly turned into like pop like pop culture that have been part of pop culture ever since like you know do you take the red pill or the blue pill mm-hmm. and just yep, the concept exactly. of being saying the phrase being in the matrix and mm-hmm. that has you know that movie brought that you know made that thing a a, a saying mm-hmm. and yeah i remember <laughs> seeing it in the theater and just being completely and utterly blown away by like every single aspect of the film mm-hmm it truly was groundbreaking. Watching it again, I'd forgotten how it's, and it still holds up in my opinion. It's still very cool looking. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there might be a couple things here or there, but I just, I'd some completely forgotten how groundbreaking the film was and how even ahead of its time, mm-hmm. it must have felt originally. I remember watching it originally going, I've never seen this stuff before. And it was edgy. It was cool, you know, it just which lended itself to becoming a part of pop culture, pop culture very quickly. So, yeah, that's kind of my impression, too. Like, I still I love the movie, but it's a weird thing having watched it like fully maybe in 2012, 2011 for the first time where it was like I had been exposed to all the references before really seeing the movie. Mm-hmm. And so, like, as much as I love it. Like the one part where he dodges the bullet, he like he does Bends. the slow mo mm-hmm. thing, and he we're doing the we're doing whatever you want to call it on screen, which you can't see because you're listening to us. The like limbo. that part, yeah, the limbo. It's like <laughs> it's cool, but for some for like I think it was Shrek two that did it, yeah, and that kind of ruined that scene for me a little bit. Whereas oh, like that's been parodied no. so much, where it's like okay, I, it's hard not to think of the parodies, but that's I not the so film's hard fault. At that. Yeah, that's it's just. Hard. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's, I, I was gonna say it's hard, really, not to. It's hard to imagine the next generation of people seeing it who probably, yes, have seen more pop culture references before ever seeing the film. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. like I'm, it's, I'm struggling with what that would be like. Exactly, and it's hard. It's like one of those things where you don't ever want to knock the film for it because it was it's not the, the one film's that, fault. <laughs> yeah, it's the one. It's it spawned all those references. Mm-hmm. And you know what struck me too, watching this film again, this seemed pretty daggone original in so yeah. many different mm-hmm. ways mm-hmm. And it I was. think now we have we're obsessed with remakes and sequels and prequels mm-hmm. and all that stuff this film is just so original in so many ways it's not that it's it doesn't pull from something here or there but it just felt so fresh mm-hmm. and new and different amazing Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those like it's it's you know you make make such a good point. It's hard to really think about films that haven't that aren't remade or aren't from something else, like where the Matrix was just an original idea that wasn't from anything else. Um, yeah, so that's that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Now we talked we touched on this a bit earlier, but is any of this unsettling to any of you? Like, do you find this like if you break it down, you're like, ooh, that's oh yeah, that's kind of creepy when he's when he's comes into his awareness in the pot or whatever with a weird liquid and he's got all these hoses attached to him and he's looking out and he sees all the other pods and just just absolutely a huge pull away very well done that's imagine waking up yourself like that and going what in the what yeah this is where i'm where i'm like i get for the this is one of those things where it's like from a logical perspective, it's kind of weird, but I get it for the film because you want it to be a big reveal. But I'm like, I'm sure Morpheus could have summarized. Oh, by the way, the matrix is this thing. And what's going to happen when we, when we wake you up, you're going to be in this thing, but don't worry, we'll be here in a few minutes. Like mm-hmm. just to like, you know, prep him a little bit. <laughs> but Oh, he's got to learn thinking, it though. Right. And that's a little, Again, distancing yourself from what is cool and works in the film versus what would what would you really do in, in a real oh, scenario? Oh, yeah, for sure. No, you definitely. Know? So, yes, in a real scenario, you're going to try to prep your guy because you don't want him to, like, have a complete and utter freak out <laughs> when he wakes up. Yeah. But that wouldn't, you know, the, everything about this movie was supposed to be just cool. 
Exactly. And, and it and it was. It absolutely and the build up was. to it. Like even mm-hmm. watching it again, it's like I know what the Matrix is. But when you mm-hmm. get that like the text the Matrix has you and he's like it's everywhere and it's a prison, but you can't feel it, taste it, or touch it. It's like, well, that's mm-hmm. ooh, that gives me the willies, but in like the best in, possible way. And even towards the beginning of the film when he's driving in the car and they're inside the matrix and he sees he goes I ate, I eat at that restaurant every day or a lot or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but then yeah. to realize it's not real, you know, but yeah. then I love how Morpheus says, Hey, it's uh, isn't it magnificent? You know, like yeah. just to, to recognize how detailed it is and how mm-hmm. lifelike it feels, but then to be driving around in it going, this is all fake. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting. Mor- Morvi says they chose where you were at your zenith when you were at your best oh today <laughs> you know it's like okay <laughs> i don't know if that's the best you could be but they they chose something that well they chose that because it was easy to film and that it became something year. relatable yes well, that was the year the movie came you know that was the year right. the movie came out yeah. which at the yeah. time you didn't you didn't give that a second thought but rewatching it now mm-hmm. to hear that 1999 was the mm-hmm. best it was gonna get that's that's depressing today. And well, I would and say that is the one jarring thing about the movie rewatching it now is for them yeah. to call When did out. the film come out again? 1999. 1999. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So right, this was right before Y2K. So yes, that's we what I was going. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. we were at our very best. We we're still typing C colon backslash blah, blah, blah on our computers, <laughs> you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's, that's the thing to me. The movie isn't uns- well now watching it again, it's not unsettling because it's science fiction. And mm-hmm. the concept of are we living our lives in some other universe? I mean, they have we've we've exposed this and discussed this so many times as to are we living in alternate universe? What is this? You know, where are we? No, we are where we are, and that's basically it. But you know, they wanted to make it seem that way that, yeah, this, you know, this, these, all the humanity is nothing more than Duracell batteries, you know, mm-hmm. which is why they called him Copper Top in the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, it's always one of those things where, like, to get existential, it's like if we were living in a, in a simulation, I don't know that I'd want to know that. I'm content. Well, you know, I'm having, I have a right. good life. Right. That's why but, I love the scene where the guy's eating, the, you know, he's, he's being, coerced by smith and he's eating the steak and he goes hey i know this is not real but i love yeah. it yeah so i'm okay with it this is this is my reality and i can accept it i don't want the other reality which is going around in a i don't know what it was the spacecraft like or a hovercraft i think hovercraft, is what they, whatever it yeah. was that has rivets and rust uh so you get the idea like it's it's, it's in pretty bad shape so yeah you can see why you know, the alternative of reality is mush for eating and mm-hmm. constantly at war with an AI. Yeah. The See, only problem I stuff. have with oh, that yeah, is ahead. you can't like, you know, so the guy wants to go back into the matrix. He wants to get plugged back in. Mm-hmm. I feel like at that point, there's there's no way you can trust that you'll that's where you're gonna wind up. I feel no. like you're basically asking to die. And I've right. I that that's that's what I can't I can't handle about that request. I can understand regretting the decision to come out and know what's going, you know, have your eyes open. I, I get that. And mm-hmm. I get that he can, you know, you can be vocal about like, you know, I regret this and I would not counsel anyone to do this, but I would not trust anyone to try to plug me back in. And I feel like then you're basically might you're dying. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't seem like that's something that could happen the way that mm-hmm. the AI was running its universe or its its mm-hmm. its industrial complex is that they could take you 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 were you were you were done this from with the day you were born yeah. and you were hooked up like that so to go and hook up someone who's already at his age mm-hmm. it probably would kill him essentially well, no even no even if if it's more <laughs> the, the the trust there is no yeah no reason for them to plug him back in because something about him or who he is or his personality or something, they found him and brought him out. Mm-hmm. So if I'm the AI, I'm going to like, this guy's a risk. I'm not plugging yeah. him in. I'll tell him mm-hmm. I'm plugging him in, but I'm not yeah. plugging him in. Right. And just say, we're doing it. And then when you 
when they kill you, you don't know it because you are, you have no reality anymore. Right. But I wonder if it's because he felt like it was better than the alternative. He's like, you know what? I could die, but at least I won't be doing this anymore. He probably was just miserable. Well, then why not just like die? (laughs) That's grim. I'm sorry. I don't want to be, I don't want to be grim. (laughs) I really don't. See, when you say that to lighten the mood, when you say, why don't you just die? It makes me think (laughs) I got to bring this up. The track, this is a track reference, but like, Uh see, we're going to get, we got to do it. We got to do it. I'm I'm Q. How can I prove to you that I'm mortal? Die. Right. Oh, great line by Worf. That is great. Uh-huh. Thank so you. Adina, we appreciate your Christmas spirit too. Just die. Just, just everybody. Just, oh, I would do want to live. <laughs> so true. So okay. did you guys have a favorite character in the movie oh, that was yeah. or wasn't Neo? I love Mr. Smith. He is so yeah. cool. He, he is, is what I wrote here was he's so darn evil and cool all at the same time. And I love he's Mr. Anderson. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just, and he shows his teeth when he says it. It's great. I love he it. Makes, he makes I, a fantastic uh, elf in Lord of the Rings, too. Yes, I know. He does. Yes. That's true. He's a nice He's guy a great in that, actor. Too. I yes, really like him. Yep. I also yep. just love, like, his slow movements when he's interrogating Neo and he's opening mm-hmm. up the binder or the whatever that notebook is, folder. Mm-hmm. And it's just so precise and perfect. And it's mm-hmm. like everything he says is great. Yeah. Absolutely. Just how they, how they, how he talked everything, you know, mm-hmm. the sunglasses yep. those guys all wore. Everything about this film just looked very cool and mm-hmm. groundbreaking. I mean, it just was visually something totally different. I, mm-hmm. I really like the character of Morpheus. Uh, but I gotta say, I just, uh, Canal Reeves character. How do you say his name? I'm not saying oh, it right. Keanu. 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 Yeah. I just I think I think I love his character and I keep stuttering tonight. I'm sorry, but I just <laughs> I, I, I I just loved him. I it it's it, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's it's always fun watching him because it's like even though he is the <laughs> focus of the film, same with John Wick, he out of all the characters has the least dialogue, and it's just always interesting. But in he that has sense. that one important word that he's lived with for the rest of his life. Whoa. Yeah. And of course, the classic, <laughs> I know Kung Fu. <laughs> See, it's like whenever I actually, one, one line that I always quote was, ever I hear people talk about AI, I have to say AI. He says you know, it in a funny way. Yeah, well, also, it's it, watching it, the AI stuff in it, whoa. Yeah, right? We're mm-hmm. starting to really, this is becoming a part of our everyday lives in mm-hmm. in. So it's not to this effect. Oh, come on. It's not. Is you know what I mean? It's just, it's, we're starting to see it more. And I think it is all the more relevant to us today. Like, cause we're touching it a little bit, you know, very simply, at least us civilians. I'm so, making a face. People can't see, but yeah, I'm making she a face. Is. Well, yeah, you what know is what I, this face in regards to? Do you want to clarify? Well, is, okay, I, I guess let me let me clarify because I really don't. I really disagree with using the term AI to mm. encompass the technology that we have today. Right. Because okay. I think it really gives a mis. It's a misnomer for what we're actually capable of. We're, we're capable of some really interesting predictive algorithms. Mm-hmm. It is not intelligence. And the fact that that's the term that we use to describe these algorithms, um, I, I do have some problems with because I think it really puts a, a, you know, it sets an expectation in people's head for what they are, which is not what they are. That makes sense. We, we are so far away from what people's thoughts are. You know, AI is data, AI is R2D2 and C3PO. You know, those are AIs. And we are like so far away from anything like that ais are what was in the matrix yes that's not anywhere near what we have today so what well, what, so what mm-hmm. uh, what term would you use because algorithms i love algorithms it's always mm-hmm. fun to say advanced algorithms uh, you know so a lot of times machine learning algorithms does get wrapped up with other ai algorithms but i think machine learning is also just a subset that's not necessarily appropriate so i like advanced algorithms i like predictive algorithms you know, those kinds of things I think are more appropriate for what really we have. 
since we're here, why do you think Adina, since you, you probably have the most experience and knowledge of this, why, why is it being marketed then with the word intelligence? Is that just because it's a cool term and people? Because that was the term that kind of got applied to advanced stuff in this realm back in like the 60s there's i think there was one particular back, computer really? science conference huh. that you can we can trace like uh one i don't remember which guy it was but you know one of the known people in the field used the term in a conference and it just caught on and and we hmm. see this all over in science you know dark matter is a misnomer dark energy is a misnomer the big bang is a misnomer you know but they these terms which they're 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 terms that just catch on, but they don't really adequately communicate what the real deal is. So it's just a term that's always been there. Not always, but again, since like the 60s or something. Mm-hmm. And we're <laughs> trying to do more advanced things to figure out ways to we are trying to mimic human ways of processing information and stuff. So we are we are trying in that way, you know, way. So it just caught on. And so for, from as far as I'm concerned, that's been always been the term in this field of computer science. So that's why we still use it today, because that's that's what we use. But I hate it, especially now, especially with what's been going on, because I think it's overstating in a lot right. of people's you know, mm-hmm. brains what really we're capable of doing, which we're capable of doing. Don't get me wrong. Some amazing things, some like good and bad, amazing things. Mm-hmm. But it's not intelligence it is not a replacement for intelligence it's just advanced algorithms is it more like and sandbox. what we see now today adina where it's mm-hmm. anticipating what we think you know giving us choices okay exactly what i wrote here today is you know because you asked the question does does the film feel more relevant today with all our ai advances is what you asked that question mm-hmm. Chris, and what I wrote, not really. Our AI issues are not, our AI is not out of control. We use it every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's never going to be used to be turned against us, only unless it was used by someone who's using it against us, some manipulating it in a way, either financially. I mean, if somebody was to get a cold of a, write a program which took 10 cents out of everybody's checking account, we would never notice that 10 cents missing. But that would be wealth beyond belief, okay? But like mm-hmm. I wrote, right now, AI is doing spell check as I was writing out these things, and it was correcting it for me. So I appreciate that. I appreciate what that what is helping us out at this point in our reality. But what this shows in this film is that it's it's AI that builds upon itself, that creates a monster. And I even and that's some of the problems I have with this film is the overdoneness of the artificial intelligence that they use in this film the overdoneness okay yeah so, like what, in, oh yeah sorry go, go ahead, ahead Adina. no no you go ahead i was gonna ask so in what way to me it was like overdone yeah okay to me it's like you when neo wakes up in the pod right who built all that who created all that technology that the AI did. I mean, that's the thing, you know, anything that's a piece of machinery, including the car you drive was built by someone or something, either it is robotics that helps build the car in the factory, but it still has to have human hands touch it to be able to complete the process of making it. Did humanity build these machines these devices and then the ai took it over because all it is is just artificial intelligence and so it just seems it gets a little overblown i mean at least in the movie the terminator as we find out in the subsequent films it was the government that built the machines that the ai took over and that's how they were able to win the war against humanity because they used what was already existing to do that with so I'm assuming it was just that the like whatever machines humanity built, they obviously took over, and then they started building other machines that were able to build the big, I don't know, battery it, factories. Well, or but that's places. just it. It just seems like it's it's so overblown that I just can't accept that in the film 
I mean, it's great. And it looks beautiful in the film. It's a great story and the whole thing. But in reality, and this is supposed to be somewhat in reality, it just doesn't seem like it's something that could ever really it's, actually happen. It is science happen. fiction. It's not reality. And, it's and also that's just 2199, <laughs> I think, is what they Yeah, what yeah. They and think the, they are. I mean, the ship that they're in was built in 2069. It was commissioned then. So you know that this is the end of this century is when this story is taking place, I guess. But even so, it just it just that always always has bothered me. So what about this film? So what I see, you know, in in all the the films, I'm gonna say like this, where they have you know AI that have gone out of you know that ha- are mm-hmm. you know anti-human or trying to take over the world, whatever. I mean, one of the key differences, you know, which is why this is very much grounded in fiction and and not any way shape or form connected to the real world mm-hmm. is the concept of somewhere along the line and this is where we are nowhere close to this these these ais in fiction become sentient and self-actualized and that's the to me that that's the difference you know data can do whatever he wants on his own He's mm-hmm. become sentient. He can make these kinds of decisions. All these advanced algorithms that we have today, they are only responding to things that humans tell it to do or have it do. Mm-hmm. And that is is a big difference. And we're not, we are very, very, like, infinitely far away from having a data. And again, good or bad. And then, right, you, you have data and you have lore. You can have that go good. You could have that go bad. You, mm-hmm. Whichever direction it goes. But even data has done some stuff. <laughs> yes, but the point is, is there's again, he data is sentient, and right. there's that like self-actualizing thing that makes mm-hmm. him, you know, and considered a, a person. I think too, we have to just acknowledge that this vehicle of science fiction that puts sentience, you know, that people that that in artificial things can develop a self-awareness where we might consider them sentient is a science fiction ploy and in story we can't automatically assume that that is possible right ever right we have you know what i no mean no indication that that is mm-hmm. possible in real life i think that Absolutely speaks to the none. power of entertainment and very mm-hmm. creative people who have mm-hmm. told mm-hmm. these stories um throughout since the beginning of science fiction you know and then mm-hmm. you have very popular films like The Matrix, which was huge when it came out. Oh, yes, out. it was. Absolutely yeah. huge. Mm-hmm. Spawned three extra films, right? I love it. Whether mm-hmm. they extra, were good or not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's such and, a great uh, word, extra films. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, I mean, use the word divi- divisive or whatever, you know, extra. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just, I think that we have to be careful as science fiction fans. We can't assume it's ever going to get to the place. Mm-hmm. Where a computer, right. a machine, a robot, anything is going to actually develop self-awareness right. to the point where they might want to take over or have evil intentions. Right okay. now, it is the people controlling it that mm-hmm. are writing everything that could have evil intention. That or, is or correct. I agree with you on that, Brian. Nefarious yep. ways, so. And it's the same thing with aliens with parallel universes these are all construction fiction that we have no real indication you know there could be absolutely 100 percent no extraterrestrial intelligence or life mm-hmm. out there we have we have nothing to say that there possibly is you mm-hmm. know and the same thing we have nothing to tell us that there may be our parallel universes a lot of these things mm-hmm. again well, yeah, you obviously haven't watched the same fiction. UFO documentaries I have, Adina, but <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I hope we get both of those things. I hope, we get aliens. I hope there's like a ripped me, super muscular. Right. Chris, we need to, as a follow-up episode, somewhere down the line, you guys need to watch The Creator. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, is part. I think part one is like it's on Netflix now, or it's coming on to Netflix. Is it? Oh, is it really? Or am I thinking of something else? You might be thinking of something else. Mm. Adina, do you Look remember a film? I believe it was called Surrogates. With yes, with yes. Bruce Willis. With Bruce Willis. Yeah. And in that film, people live an AI life in their chairs with their VR equipment, and to me, that seems like. 
what this film could have been, or well, an alternative to this film, whereas you're living an AI life, and it it be, and it kind of spills over into reality as it ends up in the end of the film, as I remember. But it was interesting about that is that you were living that you could live mm-hmm. that we could live that AI life right now with VR goggles and equipment, things like that. You can live an alternate life and um, and have have that happen. I don't I don't think that technology I mean not well I guess it depends on what is your knowledge of yeah, yeah. yeah. that's see that's yeah. where I feel like if to take this back to the matrix where I'm like this is the part like the machines building everything I can buy that but it's just like the fact that the program is so perfect and so detailed that it can create smell and everything functioning to basically make a limitless world and like they even brought up the the one question which I find so fascinating, how would machines know what chicken tastes like? And I that's brilliant. But mm-hmm. it's just like that's the part where I'm like, okay, yeah. I don't buy that even advanced machines could make a virtual reality that perfect. Like mm-hmm. the same reason why, well, like, even with the holiday, as much as I love it, I don't think like that to me always seems like the most far fetched tech and trek. Well, here's here's my answer realistic. to the how can machines know what chicken tastes like they don't before the machines took over we figured that out Mm -hmm. and they're just borrowing our algorithms Mm. okay so we had the technology and they were boring (laughs) okay that's my answer especially because so one of the the things that i've been doing for the last several years is i actually manage uh, a virtual reality lab at my at my office and so i just pay attention to what's happening and there are i think in germany somewhere there are um, companies that are working on kind of like that virtual smell and and such too um, to enhance the experience in in VR. Interesting. So cool. We invent it. They steal our. T- I mean that that's exactly what they did just to begin with is because they mm. if, if in the movie they are our tech they stole they stole themselves from us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's I don't know where I was going with all that, but that's kind of where I feel like <laughs> that was good. Where the part where I'm like I don't buy, but it's also the point of the movie, and it's like and it's fine because that's what's so great about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think this movie was so immersive, yeah. Chris, that mm-hmm. uh, you, you the willing suspension of disbelief we talk about every now and then on the show. That's a theater term. I think, especially originally, I mean, you you did buy it hook, line, yeah. and sinker. Yes. You oh, were yeah, for in sure. this world. This was an engrossing film, to say the least. Mm-hmm. You wanted to know more. You wanted to learn more. So one question. This is not on the the list of questions. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the like just the look of the film. How did you guys feel about the green tint? Because that to me is always like so unique. The green tint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so- where everything in the matrix looks green except when they're in the training simulator, which is like more blue. Yeah. But, like um. I wouldn't have thought about this until you said it, but to me, I, I would say that as a old school programmer, that always felt like the old monitors we used to use before we had color monitors. Uh, we had monitor monitors. Uh-huh. There were the mm-hmm. yellow ones and there were the green ones. There were two. Uh, yeah. There was like the yellowish and there was the greenish. Mm-hmm. Very true. Well, okay, so that's so. probably where that like the matrix code is green. So it's, they're like, hey, right, let's yeah. make it. Yeah. Well, it's, wasn't that the old, even like the old computer screens, the old CRTs? The right. lettering came out in greenish colors, right? Well, there were, there was yellowish ones. There were monitor like because we yeah. had an IBM eighty eighty eight, and I remember that one was yellowish. But like the pet computers I used at school and stuff like that, they had the greenish tint. I had the greenish with the with my yeah. company I worked for nineteen eighty was Leach and Garner, and they they all their computer screens had the green printing on them. I remember that, yeah. So that's interesting. I didn't think about that. Huh. Yeah, it's just always cool, like when. Like just always rewatching them, like, man, I, I never get tired of that, and that <laughs> is such an iconic thing. And like one thing that I always find fascinating about like filmmaking um, is that it's very hard, from what I hear, it's very hard to get that. I don't even know what you'd call it—the effect of when Neo's sleeping at his desk, and the, you see the like when you look at his face, you see the light from the computer and all the images overlapping on his face, and that's always like a really apparently a very difficult technique. Mm, interesting. Um, so I always enjoy that. Mm-hmm. But did you guys have like a favorite moment in the in the film? Something that stands out to you all the time when you watch it? I love the Jedi training <laughs> yes. scene yeah. where he's learning jujitsu. 
I think that is great fun and well done. Uh, and I, Lawrence Fishburne just looks like a boss. Yep. Too. I mean, just don't fight him. Yeah, that's my, I love that. That's I take. always love rewatching that scene too, mm-hmm. for those reasons. And yeah. the music I liked a lot in it, that well, it, scene it, specifically. It, it also came out during a period of time where you had Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Right. Or, you had that movie. Then you also had Kill Bill. And there was like a resurgence of the Kung Fu fighting. And it was almost <laughs> like, okay, so they learn Kung Fu fighting. He, <laughs> he learns how to do that, right? And it only happens in The Matrix. But in the real world, nobody does Kung Fu fighting. It's just, it looked cool. It was a cool way of fighting, and they even mimicked. I think they said some of Bruce Lee's st- fighting styles in the film as well. So yeah. So um, yeah, I'm gonna Adina. because you mentioned Kill Bill and Crouching Dra- Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is absolutely one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Is and it that, really? That yeah, and what I would say is one of the things that had struck me about that movie and just that time period was. Hey, look, all these women are kicking butt. Yep. And so Trinity, I really love Trinity that you have a, again, you've got a main, one of the main characters Mm -hmm. is someone who's kicking butt. And I remember that standing out to me, but also, and and I was very into seeing all the Kung Fu ish. Yes. That whole style. Mm -hmm. Love Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. And it was beautiful. The same film where it's, you've got that Mm. slow motion moving through the air as they're doing their, and it Mm -hmm. was used in this film as all. So yeah, it was just that whole resurgent of the Kung Fu films Mm -hmm. or that kind of film style came out in this. But uh, uh, Brian, what do you say? Well, I did. I did. Yeah. yeah, And then, yeah. Um, (laughs) For me, my the the scene that I the moments of favorite was when Neo comes out of his embryonic fluid pouch, yeah. whatever, and sees the real world around him and realizes, oh my God, what's going on? And of course, he's he's he like all the other human all the rest of humanity are Duracell batteries to power the AI. Which that was, there's a contradiction there to me in that if humanity decided to block out the sun to prevent them from being able to recharge their or charge their systems or run their systems with solar power, right? So -hmm. they decide that they're going to turn humans into batteries. But if you block out (laughs) the sun, don't you destroy all life on the earth as we know it? Because I, all life resides re- relies upon sunlight, plants, animals, everything. Isn't that like suicide? Really? I would think so, but I'm hoping mm-hmm. I, I don't even know. Like that's always I've mm-hmm. always wondered this. Like, well, how do the humans expect to survive if they? What do they just block out the sun or do they destroy? They, how does that? They blocked out the sun, right? They, yeah, they, they, they you see the clouds and the lightning and the you know they they basically create a nuclear winter. Do they? Did they reverse? Whale probe it to call it that. <laughs> I, I don't know. Cloud cover. <laughs> I don't know how they. We, but that's just they don't really explain that, which is fine yeah. because this is science fiction. We don't need the explanation. And it's actually kind of cool it, that they don't fully explain what happened. They give you a like a like a, a Sparks Note version, but you don't really get the full details. So that that way you can kind of just as the viewer fill it in, and you can have those what? discussions. Like, wait, how when would they have guys, done this thing? What? You guys wait, noticed wait. too. Most of the characters in this film. If I'm recalling this correctly, are very pale skinned. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah that's true. Like they kind of went yeah. with that. Went with that continuity, I guess. Issue yeah. with these people. You know, these people aren't seeing the sun, and so they're all pale skinned. It also and just the, looks and, futuristic, and and the only human beings that exist live in this world inside the Earth called Zion, mm-hmm. which is, of course, biblical word. Mm-hmm. And they do that because they're closer to the core of the earth where they're getting energy from there. But still, we don't go there. We don't see it. The only true born humans are the two fellows that end up, one of them dies and the other one is severely injured. And that's all we know about humanity. Mm-hmm. And that's it. This is where the movie kind of falls off a cliff at the end. And the Terrifying. other two films don't help it either. 
Right? Well, yeah, <laughs> I think like the other two films, if you're talking about those, like the weaker aspects are everything outside of the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Like all the Matrix stuff to me is cool, except yeah. uh, Will. I, I want to call him Will Ferrell. He's not Will Ferrell in the second one, but there's a really good like MTV movie uh, award show where Will Ferrell does a skit where he pretends to be the the architect from the second one. Um, and it's hilarious, but yeah. I don't know where I was going with that either. But, yeah. uh, but I mean, the whole idea yeah, of the no, Matrix is you can do <laughs> anything in the Matrix. You can be anything. You can do it, except one thing. And they think they say in the film, if you die in the Matrix, yep. you die in reality, correct? And, and we mm-hmm. saw that. We saw it happen to, what was it, a mouse? Mouse? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if that's the case, if you inflicted the punishment that um, his name just popped up in the uh, the leader of the group. My brain just went on hold. Morpheus. Uh, Morpheus. Morpheus. If you ex- if if Morpheus suffered the same impact he would have gotten in that fight in the bathroom, where he's thrown against the wall and he's smashed against the toilet and he's waxed against a, uh, he would have died from yeah. those injuries. He would have died because every one of the police officers that was shot in the film. Or anyone that was killed, was that mean that one of those little Duracell battery characters also died at the same time because they died in the Matrix? I think yeah. so. I think it's one of those things where it's like, he yes, they would have died. But if you take like uh, Fast and the Furious does this logic a little bit where it's like, hey, as long you can fall, as long as you land on a car, you're good. So I think it's just like, <laughs> it's just like a character taking too much damage. Um, that's impossible. So I, it's, I buy uh, it it's for the. Even, it's but it's a Hollywood thing. But, yeah, even in cowboy films, they're punching the living daylights out. They sure. should all be dead. They should all be unconscious. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. all, you know what I mean? So, so, so then when Neo was shot by Agent Smith, he doesn't die hmm. from being shot physically. He hmm. dies from being shot emotionally. Right, or like his body mentally, his body suffers the same effects of it and he dies. However, he doesn't die because much like in Sleeping Beauty and Snow White and Beauty and the Beast, love's first kiss will revive anybody. Anybody yeah. want to sing Power of Love? No. That's the power That's wrong of love. movie. Okay. That's Back to the Future. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the wrong movie, but it's yeah. the right subject matter. Yes. It's thematic. <laughs> yeah. Thematically that, relevant. It's it's it, because that's the only way he could come back when Trinity yeah. says, Yeah. And like like Belle in Being and the Beast, I love you. And she kisses him and Beast is revived and he's okay. Yeah. That's that's, that's cool. But yeah. yeah, in reality, if he dies in the real world. He'd just be dead. Oh, I don't want know, to kill the film, kids. But that's interesting. <laughs> you don't want to kill. It's so, interesting too. I'm sorry, Chris. In this film, when it came out, I'm I'm a pastor, mm-hmm. and I re- so I'm in that realm and in, in world here. There were a lot of uh, Christians, church people, whatever that were pulling some, uh, some metaphors from this film. Uh, I mean, we even have the name Trinity. Yeah, you know, the Chosen One. Yep, uh, stuff like that. Just, just an interesting take on that. Now, watching it again, I'm going, yeah, okay, I can, you know, that's you, interesting. You can see but, where he's he's the right. Jesus character in this film. He right. dies and is resurrected. Right. right. And he goes to save so, the world because that's what that's the, the whole point. Yeah. So just just a side point there. No, it, it's so a good point. I always wondered, like, so as a as a pastor, does it rub you the wrong way? Or are you like fully on no. board with you with know their... <laughs> Hollywood tends to rub the wrong way in a lot of ways for a lot of people, not just anybody religious. Um mm-hmm. so I a long time ago I stopped worrying about oh, is this sacrilegious or you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like because mm-hmm. if if they're not in the same you know if they're not rolling with me like i am why should i expect anything different you know so they didn't ask me my opinion on the film yeah or any other pastor you know so Mm -hmm. for me it's kind of a you take it in if they say if you actually get from the source they're trying to 
do any type of uh, allegory or anything mm -hmm. like that, you know, that's cool. Then you pay attention and you you learn what you can and you go, oh, that's interesting. I like I like the spin on it, whatever. But most of the time, it's just entertainment and mm -hmm. everybody calm down, you know. Well, right. Um, and the thing is, if you go looking for things that I think are sacrilegious oh, then, or you go looking for things that are counter to your point of view, you're going to mm -hmm. find them. Yeah, I think it's like one of those things mm -hmm. where at that point, you might as well just not watch any sort of media. Yes. Because you're going to yeah. just be right. miserable. And I, I will say this, and, and I tend to be a pastor that can push the envelope a little bit about what I say. And I'm not as traditional as many pastors are. Mm -hmm. Um, in, in for various different reasons, which I won't get into on the show, but uh, I just I, I feel like I can be more offended actually by some Christian films <laughs> that are just horrendously and poorly made. Now, there's been a lot of growth in that area over recent years, and films that have been people have been paying attention to uh, in the last five to ten years, but traditionally speaking even the Christian films have not been up to par. They just haven't been as far as quality of production, mm -hmm. acting, all that thing until re more recent years. And uh, so I get more upset at that than I do at, you know, films that aren't supposed to be religious, but mm -hmm. maybe have some things in them. Uh, and, and the religious know. overtones. You're absolutely right. And, and it's, and the the concept of the one, I mean, Luke Skywalker, he's the one. He's the one that's going to save everyone from the rebellion. He's going to be, you know, he's the chosen one. They, it's 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 one that's been used over and over yeah, again. And this yeah. is just just another version of it. So mm -hmm. yeah, hopefully mm -hmm. it doesn't offend because it's just an allegory. Like you said, it's an example of right yeah, that people exactly. that can relate to, they can accept, or I understand where they're coming from with this character, what he's and supposed to represent. Yeah, there's a great difference too between a loose allegory and something that's supposed to be pretty solidly. Mm -hmm. This means this. This is the opposite of this, or whatever you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so the Matrix, like I don't, I don't find anything offensive about anything they're trying to say about what I believe. So, yeah, that makes sense. That's kind of how I like. I feel like it's not trying to, it's it's just, you know, it's, yeah, like loose allegory, I think is the best term. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Now, we were talking earlier about if you die in the Matrix, blah, 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 you die. Yeah. So if you are Neo, and you could be Neo, and do mm -hmm. all those cool Neo things, would you yes. want to live in the Matrix? Live in the Matrix and know you're living in the Matrix, or and live be in like the Matrix Neo. Crap? Know that you can dodge bullets and do all these things, but you have to deal with the fact that that's not real life, and that you're eating slop every day, hanging out in the Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> I love the name, also the ship, the Nebuchadnezzar. I love that <laughs> yeah. name as well. Which <laughs> definitely messed me up in church, where I was like, "Oh, like in the Matrix," and then Dill's like, "It lives in me." Didn't it's like in the Bible, Chris? Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> it's the other way around. But but well, Nebuchadnezzar lived Biblical forever. Man. He was a, he was an aged, <laughs> aged, aged man, right? Was right in the Bible? Yeah, okay. I mean, I would say, yeah. It, so if the real world is that world where they're living underground, they're eating crud every day, whatever, they go into the matrix. I mean, they're going in with a purpose. They're going in to try to help other people and try to yes. figure out how to, you know, turn it all around. So, yeah, right. if I'm in that situation, I, I'm certain I would want to be in some position where I'm trying to help, you know, I'm trying to right, help. Yeah. But I mean, if you had a choice of like, you could just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go be Neo, which <laughs> maybe that's not the right way of wording well, it. I guess, well, like, I guess what's the choice? What, what choice between being Neo and what? And then just, I guess, living in the Matrix, but just being a regular person doesn't know that they're in the Matrix. But then I wouldn't. It's not a choice because I wouldn't know. How about, that how about this? How about okay, if, fair if, enough. You could, if you could I'll be a Neo-like character... Mm -hmm. that is aware of everything is there to help has to battle the bad guys every now and then um or somebody who is uh human but living outside the matrix in zion is that the choice i guess that works too i you know what i didn't i thought it was just like a very like hey would you want to be neo in the matrix or or just be so your, just I, someone I in know. the matrix yeah i would want to you be neo in the matrix if I knew that I was helping people somehow. I was even with the risk, but also as long as every now and then you you knew you could also have peace and rest. 
right to recover yeah. from what you have to do that's you could die because you're fighting the bad guys you know as long right. as there was some kind of rest in peace for different time periods i would do that especially if you're helping so if you're just there fighting bad guys and it's never you're never gonna win well you're ultimately yeah mm-hmm. i mean it's, but it's, if there's you know... if there's no possibility of mm-hmm. victory at all so then let other people, yeah. well, you don't know there. You never know that there's no possibility of victory. If if you knew that, why would you even, why would you fight? Right. Just stand up for what you believe in, I guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. So then it's, I, I mean, will... it's a good question, Adina. I'm not, I'm not trying yeah. to no, take and, that. And this is, like, a, this is very the very, than... like one of the, one of my favorite books that I listened to, it's a series. It's one of the great courses. It was called sci-fi, Phi being P-H-I short for philosophy okay. uh, the professor david johnson i want to say but it's it's one of the great courses and he goes through a lot of these different concepts and he does spend quite a bit of time a whole chapter a whole lecture plus some on mm. the matrix and all of these philosophical things so which is and this is a great movie to have those discussions with because mm-hmm. these are hard things to yeah, these, these are hard questions. You know, another movie that's great to have these philosophical questions about is Star, Star Trek, Trek 5, The Final Frontier. Anyways, <laughs> we both were, we're close. We're Where's close. Where is One he? movie away from each other. That's pretty <laughs> I don't buy he's at the center of the universe. I love that movie, <laughs> well, though. We'll talk about the center this of the later. galaxy, not the universe, oh, the galaxy. Right, the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. correct. At well, the center. You know, if you, ask this, you ask that question, do you want to live the life of Neo? The question is, everyone who's in the Matrix theoretically could live the life of Neo if the program was written for them to be that particular character. Because as you saw, Agent Smith would inter would become part of someone else. He would become the police officer or he would go away from being the police officer because the program is manipulating you into being a certain character for the moment. And the, the character that is controlling you at that point would be agent smith as he's moving from you know getting from here to there because that's the computer program that is fighting you inside the matrix but then again if you think about what is life like for actual humanity during that time living in the center of the earth in zion if you win the war and you defeat the ai what if you got to live in as your new reality i mean if they made it to the surface you know from wherever they are and they come and they see this clouded cover and everything there's no there's really no life for them so we we don't right we don't know the full extent of the damage and the full extent of the recovery options you know yeah Yeah. so without knowing i like to think that Mm -hmm. something is recoverable there that whatever the state the earth is in is potentially temporary. And if the humans were to defeat the monsters, they could reverse the action, but we don't know. We, you know, I don't think they ever got that. We never get that. No. All we see in Zion from the other films is just like basically super sweaty raves. It's just sweaty people (laughs) dancing all night. And I'm like, that sounds awful. They're free versus the people in the matrix are not free. No. And, it again these are these are the hard questions is freedom like worth it that's my thing i think i'd be more like i think i'd see like that i would try and betray people but i get cypher i'm like i just want to be able to eat my steak in peace you know what (laughs) let me just get through my day you would be happy in the matrix i would be be much happier in the matrix if i don't know that if if i'm not like neo where something feels off if i fully believe it yeah i'd rather just like not have the truth because so I'm you're like, like I'm his... the, the one character who is just happy to go back to the Matrix because yeah. at least that's a life he knew he'd enjoy as opposed right. to the life he was living, which is fighting the AI and just eating slop. And, you know, it's just not as cool. Well, and it's not just it's it's again, freedom versus not being, you know, like it's, yeah. it's yeah. that it's OK. You're in the Matrix. You can enjoy your steak and whatever 
foods your heart desires, assuming that's your setup in, mm-hmm. you know, not everyone right, yeah. has that kind of a life in there. You know, there's, no. there's still homeless people. In, oh yeah. There's still poverty. In the matrix. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's the homeless guy that's yeah, sitting there drinking okay. and they're going, but, that's what he's been given. That's the choice his life is going right. to be. Because but the you could be so. in the matrix and be the equivalent of, you know, Elon Musk, but your real body is just this battery for the machines and you are not you are not free and right i mean if that's it's i i find it hard for that to be acceptable to any i mean everyone has their own opinion and own uh, your own choice in this hypothetical situation but i for one that makes me sick to my stomach thinking about oh absolutely i'm not free and i'm just in this yeah. i i'm being yeah. used well, i think even if i, I don't know though, that i'm being used i think what you just said there at the end though is the key mm-hmm. if you have zero clue about any of it it's you don't know you have know, to, you don't it know makes me nauseous so that's, to think that's that that the, could possibly yeah, have, but you know, it, like right oh that. yeah but it yeah. but in the but with the question posed for us is would you rather be someone like neil who's aware but living in the matrix and or someone who's not um you know the bliss i would is... always take awareness well I think, there's I that, think that's yeah. my, my choice is i would always take awareness mm-hmm. even if it means that's ter- you know like that mm-hmm. knowledge is burden uh, right. i would still right. want to know the truth and mm-hmm. if that means i'm gonna try to fight for what i feel is right then that's that's the way it's gonna be mm-hmm. and that's much again that's how i see it that's, mm-hmm. that's my choice as my friend Pete Cooper used to say in this in this film too, if ignorance is bliss, then I'm a happy man. <laughs> right. You know? yeah. And it seemed to be like if you don't these these batteries have no idea except what they're given. So they're gonna live their lives living out this fantasy. And if you don't know their what the reality is, then that is the reality and you're happy with it. I mean, right now, I'm. Yeah, happy. I mean, if this is the right. like the matrix, it's like, well, I like my life. Like, I'm getting married soon. I'm in film yeah. school. Work is going fairly well. You know, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. It's a hard thing because, of course, you also and I, I totally get where you're coming from. It's like you want to know the truth. Yeah, these are like here's, these are definitely thoughts of heads like walking to the bus. Right here's a, <laughs> here's another turn, another way to describe this: yeah. free will. Yeah, and they bring mm-hmm. that we up all, in the film as well. Yeah, we all desire, in whatever terms it is, free will. We don't want anybody telling us we have to believe a certain way, we have to act a certain way. We put up with it as far as basic government rules and whatever nation we find ourselves in, you know, so that we can have somewhat of a peaceful society, if at mm-hmm. all possible. But um, we want free will. We don't want to let go of that. Mm-hmm. I think, Adina, that's really what you're talking about, too, is this, mm-hmm. is, this is a matter of free will as yes. well. And they bring that up in the movie as well. They mention the concept of free will, and mm-hmm. that's what the batteries don't have. Mm-hmm. They're only the, their own. Their existence is based on what they're given. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Very good. it uh, this this that's the beauty of this film. It brings up all these philosophical questions mm-hmm. and yeah, discussions. Really and I think it. I think if the movie does anything, it does that. And that's the best part about this movie. It's because we're having this discussion because it does touch on all these things. Only it's done in our favorite genre, science <laughs> fiction, kids. One hundred percent. Being science fiction, we can go to extreme lengths yep. in, in having these philosophical discussions that are easily or they're 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 relatable. Let's put it that way. They're relatable. Mm-hmm. And that's the yeah. beauty, and that's why this movie is great. The yep. subsequent ones are but <laughs> I, I enjoy actually the second one a lot. It's just it was isn't a continuation of the first one, except it has much more special effects, like the big I would chase on the freeway where they're crashing in and destroying everything and all that stuff. It just see that stuff is cool, but like three is just awful. And it is probably watch four. I'm thinking about trying to watch it this weekend, but I have other stuff Mm. to do. Yeah, I'm going with the. I haven't seen it, but I just don't have the inclination, (laughs) the the drive to do it. I can't remember. So it was somewhere a year or two ago. We tried watching the fourth one, and 
I don't know if we've made it through. I was asking my husband about this earlier this evening. I don't know if we made it through, but neither mm. of us were terribly impressed. And mm-hmm. this was for me one of those movies that they didn't have to make any sequels. They could have just left it alone. But I understand the temptation. Yeah. To, oh, it's... And if they hadn't made sequels, I think there would have been a lot of like, ooh, well, what is going on in Zion and let well kind of want to know more, but I don't know. It just didn't. It would have been this is one film that would have been fine to leave totally alone. Yes. It still would be a classic. It still would be groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. And it would be a discussion starter for years and years to come. Mm -hmm. I think about some of the things we've all talked about. Yeah. Or like more of a classic. Because not that it's not a classic, but it's hard to talk about the Matrix and it, you can't possibly say how good the first one is without bringing up the other ones. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. If they had not touched it, if they didn't do the other ones, it's it about, would be... I mean, let's be honest, okay? Sometimes what's, what spurs on a sequel is that the first one just did so well at the box office mm-hmm. that it becomes, let's see if we can't get a little more money and create a little more stir with the... um. Yeah. recipe we had in the first you know I, so I, I think that's that's what happens with a lot of films oh yeah for sure it's, it's definitely the money part of it is hey it's a money grab let's see if we can get more money out of this for the studio and hopefully i think they want to make good films i don't think any movie studio wants to make a bad film mm-hmm. or a poor story i just think sometimes you have an idea that is so good and so rich and well done originally that sometimes it's better to just move on and find another good idea. How about upon that there one. was never any other Star Wars movies after the first one? Mm. Would you have been happy with that? The way that the end of the movie, the Death Star's destroyed, the Rebels win, movie's over with. No other sequels. Is it a stand? It's a stand. I'm is okay with stand that because... With well, oh, you mean like no uh, Empire Strikes Back? No Empire. No, that would be no tough. Last I mean, nothing. Empire last would be really hard to give up. But well, see, Empire the, required not... to have a sequel to it. Yeah. I yes. thought you were talking about the three original Star Wars the, movies. Yes, not the, just three, the, the, three, the original one. When you see A New Hope, I think it, it wasn't stands called alone. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it, yeah. it does stand yeah. alone. But it's, it, that is harder to imagine because... Like I feel like my whole conscious life included Empire Strikes Back, so mm-hmm. it's hard to to imagine without that. Yeah, so I, that makes I, sense. I, but it does. I, but but Star Trek. I mean, Star Wars one and the first one does absolutely one hundred percent. They could have just been done. If, if, at if, least, if the, at mm-hmm. least once a month, my wife says to me, "I love you," and I say, "I know." Back to her. Yes. I just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, Empire Strikes it. Back, people. My we, my my daughter has lots of dishware with those two lines on it. I begged my wife like... to let it. When we went to Disney Springs years ago, they had hats, ball caps that were. I love the shape of them, and one of them is Leia saying "I love you," and then the accompanying hat is "I yep. know" with mm-hmm. and or t-shirts. And I was like, "Can we please buy these and wear them together? It would be the it's best great. thing ever." So what I'm just getting the point is that a film can be made with a beginning, a middle, and end, and it's over with. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. And Star Wars could have been that, but it was so successful, it mm-hmm. forced them to say, "Okay, we have to make the next one," and that was that ended on a cliffhanger, so they had to make the next one, sure. and, and then, that one ends as if there was going to be no other films afterwards. I right, totally fine. say. You can yeah. make that the complete trilogy. Don't do anything else. So with this, I guess we're all in agreement that this, even though there's questions by the end, this still works as a complete totally package. It does. Where it's yeah, like, 100%. all right, you go yeah. home, you yeah. feel satisfied. Yes. Yep. And, you know, we don't need to make any more. The best films, right. in my opinion, are the ones where you talk about them and talk about them and talk about mm-hmm. them. That just keep spurring on things. And I think sometimes... We try to over-explain. We explain <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. too yeah. much. Now, another question would be, I'm glad they made Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. Me too. 
Uh, like they needed if to. you really break it down motion picture could stand if that was all it's one to contain story that's rough could, yeah i mean it's yeah i mean i don't like it but as far as that mm-hmm. we you know to think about not the additional star trek films but it is one contained story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. same thing for yep. wrath of khan if they never made another star trek film that's one contained but story in it but that's the whole thing back they left it open you're right you're right yeah Yeah. they left that one open for the possibility of a third film and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth no you're right you're absolutely right yeah and that's (gasps) why i love really rogue one because it's a self-contained story it has Mm -hmm. a beginning middle Mm -hmm. end and that's it but it only exists it it ends at the 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 beginning of a new hope which is so good right that was the coolest thing but it's it's self-contained you know what happens to the characters they end the movie ends i would it goes on to the next thing steve i keep interrupting you my friend it's okay buddy no please i would be okay we're totally off matrix for a minute here but it's it's who we are folks uh I, I would That's be okay con. with the original three Star Wars films in Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. I would yes. be fine with that. Because yes. mm-hmm. I yes. felt like Rogue One was so darn good. Yes. See, folks, we, have a hard we can time. talk about Star Wars besides Star Trek. Okay, we're open-minded <laughs> people here. We're okay? open-minded. <laughs> we talk about all the things. Any, uh, any I'm final not thoughts? open-minded about the sequels, about the prequels, though, the three prequels. I will defend the prequels every I day know of the you week. Will. And you have. You have on the yeah. show. <laughs> but I won't defend the sequel sequels, like the sequel trilogy. I, I like those Brian better knows. than the original. What? Okay, we're gonna have to we're like gonna have to have some words out off air. <laughs> All right, <laughs> it's the wrong opinion. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but any uh, final thoughts? We we've well, covered is... to me we covered everything. I all yeah. my notes, all my things on my notes are all right there. We've discussed it all. Thank you so much. I would just say that if anyone in the audience is listening and has not seen the original Matrix, this oh. is an absolute. Oh. This was an iconic film. It, it kind of still is. Must watch. This is just to round out the sci-fi education. This is a must watch. <laughs> yes, definitely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, and... thank you, everyone, for a good discussion. As always, one where we got a little existential this time. <laughs> and you know what's good awesome word. is that, yeah, it's like one of those things where I'm sure if you've listened to a lot of podcasts, you've heard this discussion before. But we did it, and we had fun doing it. Mm-hmm. And if you have topics that you'd like us to discuss, or you have questions, or just general thoughts, uh, you can hit us up on Facebook. Uh, you can check out our group there. And you can also email us at thebigsci-fi at gmail.com. Is that the correct uh, no, email address? Big Sci-Fi Podcast. Yes. Yeah. gmail.com. Yeah. Thank you for the correction. And thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time.